This is the Thanks for Sharing podcast, the podcast where we explore all things recovery, healing, and relationship. Remember to subscribe and download episodes in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or on the Podbean app. You can find more Thanks for Sharing at www.thanksforsharingpodcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash healingpaths. That's paths with an S. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Thanks for Sharing. I'm Jackie P. I'm John T. So today, um, for our episode, we are going to talk about the different parts of an apology. And I know that this is going to come as a surprise because nobody's been thinking about wrongs committed. We're not seeing this play out on any kind of national stage. Um, We don't live in a society that's really entrenched in who's right and who's wrong. So it's really kind of weird that we would come up with this topic. So you might want to skip it now. It's probably not going to be relevant to anything that you've been thinking about or that's going on in your life. So we're going to talk about the eight different parts, specific parts of an apology. And this is taken from a 2014 paper by Stanford psychologist Karina Schumann. And it was published in the Journal of Experimental Social Psychology. So she kind of breaks it down and says there's really eight specific parts to an apology. Now, this may help you in making amends if you're on that step or working Mm -hmm. on that step of making amends. Um, But it also, and I think more relevant, helps you in your day-to-day life. Yeah. And can I just say, I love it when social science research takes these concepts that are so ubiquitous that we, like... We feel like we have it defined without ever really defining it. Like right. forgiveness is another one of these concepts. Yes. That I think Or we, like we talked about trust. Uh-huh. That we all feel like we know what it means, but really we can break this down into components um, that are not just good ideas, but they're verifiable. Yeah. Like this is what makes this concept actually work. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of so many concepts in recovery where I'll hear clients say, this way of life is much harder than how I used to live, mm-hmm. but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. It's also more rewarding. Right, right. I think putting the work into things like apology, trust, forgiveness, um, the, the benefits we reap from doing that the right way, doing that a complete yeah. way, I think are far greater than any discomfort we have. Right. In and, and these are things that, you know, because most of us know, like if somebody apologizes to us, we are pretty aware, aware if we feel like it's a good apology or not. Mm-hmm. But we may not know why. Yeah. Right, but we're just like that's not an apology. Yeah, <laughs> and and so again, I think this is also great if you have young kids or grandkids um, to teach them these skills, so that you know they don't have to be thirty, forty years old when they're mm-hmm. learning how to make an apology. Mm-hmm. And and I think like trust, like for, for forgiveness, um, apology is one of those things that we're really benefited by having this be a concrete skill. Yeah, not just observing that and gleaning what's good and what's not, because I think often. When it feels settled, we don't think a lot about it. And when it feels bad, um, we don't want to think a lot about it. Yeah. So the first component of an apology is, um, you know, just genius. It includes the words, I'm sorry. Now, why, why (laughs) why would an apology need to include the words, I'm sorry? Well, if you've ever been in a situation, right, where you walk away and you're like, I think they're apologizing. Right. But I'm not sure. Those words, I'm sorry, that just clears it right up. And I think it needs to be a standalone sentence because yes. I see in a lot of apologies, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yes. I'm or sorry. I'm sorry, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think just that I'm sorry. Yes. 
And I think what that indicates from the person who's giving the apology is that there's a will- a willingness to sit in the pain with you yeah. and to acknowledge that that's valid. Without minimizing it cuz like you were saying if they're if they're coming in with um, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. The person receiving that, they know, they feel it right away. That's a dismiss. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry that you're dumb enough to think, right? That's <laughs> that you should be that, hurt. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry that you're so thin-skinned that you got offended by that. Uh-huh. And and so really just that it's a complete sentence, I'm sorry, and kind of let that percolate in a little bit. And I think it's a real shortening of the words, I have sorrow. Right. That's really what we're expressing is I'm, I'm recognizing there was a trespass. I'm recognizing there was a wound. Mm-hmm. And I feel remorse right. about that. And we've talked about before on this podcast with the Gottmans, how they talk about a gentle startup. Yeah. Like those words, I'm sorry, right, are a gentle startup that says, hey, I'm in a place <sighs> of um, reflection. I'm in a place of some sorrow or mm-hmm. remorse. And this is where I'm coming. So it's this. For the person hearing those words, it's this understanding that this person isn't a threat. Mm -hmm. Really critical component, but as we're going to explore here, I'm sorry by itself, I think, is is not quite an apology. Right. Um, We're not done. Yeah. It's a good start, but you're not done. Because when you look at the things that you have to apologize for, um, or you get to apologize for, however you want to look at that, um, I, I think there's usually enough of a magnitude of hurt there or betrayal there where we really need to demonstrate that we're thinking more about this and that we're willing to do something about it. Which totally goes into the second component, which is, you know, you have to have some element or some variation of the words, I was wrong. Um, You know, I was, I was wrong for reacting so quickly. Mm -hmm. Or making an assumption. Yeah. I was wrong for, you know, just snapping. Like all of those things, because again, now I'm sorry gets the attention and it uh-huh. says this is where I'm intending to go, but we haven't actually gone there, right? Mm-hmm. So it starts to, with the words saying, I was wrong, we're starting to take some accountability. I think I'm sorry without the personal ownership afterward is that actually gets more unsettling as time goes on. Right. Um, it, it's kind of a big cliffhanger. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I was wrong admits our culpability right? and shows our willingness to clean up our side of yeah. the street. Well, we were, John and I were in a session just last night with a couple and they're getting to this place where they have some positive traction in their relationship oh, yeah. and it's creating more wiggle room. And both of them were kind of acknowledging how much easier it is to go into, I was wrong here, or uh-huh. this is what I did and to circle back when there is some of that safety in the relationship. But this also helps to build that. And yeah. we've worked for many months on building that. To I get see that in so many couples. Like this, I was wrong, is a giant target on your back mm-hmm. when you start using it. Well, and for many of us, it was in our family growing up. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so we're thinking, why in the world would I own up to something? Because that's just going to be a dog pile on me. Well, and, and I think that's what in, in a lot of systems that don't know how to handle their shame or that there's even shame or emotion there is we pile on anyone who's willing to pick it up. Right. So saying I was wrong was like the worst thing that you could say. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sorry maybe was as, as good as it got, um, but recognizing our own culpability and our own responsibility, that that was way too much of a liability. Right. So the third component, there's an acknowledgement of the action being apologized for, right? So we're specific about this is what I, I was wrong about this and 
we're we're describing what it is, right? So we're not just saying I was. I mean, it's a good start to say I was wrong that I made an assumption, mm-hmm. right? But now we're going to get more specific about that description. You know, each of these steps, I think, builds on what comes before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I haven't looked at the paper yet. So I don't know if these were outlined as like, here's the order that you go in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, th- that makes sense because I think these build on it. And there's something for the person who's apologizing where I think it's important that you check your safety level and you uh-huh. check the receptiveness of right. the person that you're talking to. Otherwise, you don't have an effective apology yeah. because if if that person is becoming more incensed and they're ready to unload and rage on you, you're going to leave with maybe a lot of resentment right. that you apologized. And, and the second part of this third component is that we're an honest description of the action without blaming. Yeah. Right. So we're not saying, I'm sorry I made an assumption, but you. Yeah. Right. Because now we're going into blaming, which is not part of an apology. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's component four, and those two together—the acknowledgement of the action and the description of the action—without blaming, I think that's really where we start to solidify for the person that we're apologizing to that we understand, right? Um, what we did—that this is our inventory about us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, like that ability right there, I think is one of the foundations of trust going forward. Mm-hmm. Is this? Um, I'll take that fearless inventory of myself and I'll let you know that I'm taking it. Mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of factors that prevent us from really, I think, vulnerably and honestly um, doing that with another person. Mm -hmm. And some of it can be like, it's embarrassing. Right. Um, And I think when we show that that person's feelings or the hurt we cause that person is just as important or maybe even more important than our own comfort. Uh um, I think that, I think that validates a lot of the intention in the apology. Right. And and I think for the person making the apology too, and this may be something where we're kind of unfamiliar with, is that actually making an apology and, and taking responsibility and being accountable for what we've done really kind of allows us to breathe. Like, yeah. okay, I don't have to be perfect anymore. Yep. I'm acknowledging that I am imperfectly perfect. Yeah. So I, I think it also helps the person t- in the, making the apology to remind the self and maybe those in that they're apologizing to that I'm not a perfect person yeah. and I've got to let go of chasing that. It's, it's like the, the clinical concept of forgiveness. Um, one of the reasons, the main reason why we do it is for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've noticed in situations where I've, I've got to make an apology um, when I give that accounting of my behavior mm-hmm. and the... Um, the, the inventory there, I often have the sense of relief that's like, there's not this, I hope they didn't notice that either, or right. I hope they're not mad about this now. Um, like, I'm not trying to manage that storyline anymore. Right, right. I'm actually in charge of that storyline now, and I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. So the fourth component, we have to have an emphasis on understanding how the wronged person has been hurt, right? So we have to... In the fourth component, we're acknowledging how this probably hurt you or maybe how this felt or what this did to you. That the, I impacted you and I'm aware that it did it this way. It feels like to me this crosses a threshold into there's some other focus here now. Mm-hmm. Um, really reaching forward with some empathy. Yes. Um, and really, again, demonstrating not only did something happen between us, 
but that kicked off a chain of events inside of you that you weren't expecting, yeah. you didn't ask for, didn't feel good to you. Yeah. And I, I have to say, too, if you're not, if you know that maybe you did something wrong, but you're still angry about it and you know you need to apologize, if you start going through this and you hit this stage, empathy is going to start coming up in you. Yeah. Right? Like, we're like, oh, because each step, like you were saying, builds on the other and takes us a little bit further into... Um, awareness and accountability and then empathy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering with this step here, because I'm, I'm thinking um, in effective apology, maybe sometimes we can go with our best guess of how it might hurt, mm-hmm. but for this step to be effective, maybe we need to find out about that mm-hmm. person's internal world. Right. So, you know, I, um, I think I've told this story before on the podcast when I was first married, I couldn't tolerate any kind of fight between my wife and I. Mm. And I remember a couple in our first apartment that um, were the biggest fights I'd ever had with a friend. Mm-hmm. And um, she would go and she'd go in our bedroom and she'd close the door. And within minutes, I was knocking on the door and I felt calm and I felt ready. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm ready to talk. And she'd be like, I'm not ready to talk. I don't think you've had enough time to really understand what You just wanted here. it to be over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I was a master apologist because, you know, within a minute I could be ready to bury the hatchet. But really, I think before we give effective apology, sometimes we need to do our homework uh-huh. and really talk with that person. Yeah. Help me understand what happened for you. Well, and, and this, um, the way that this is said, um, an emphasis on understanding how the wrong person has been hurt. Again, we may have a ballpark idea of how they got hurt but you can also say I know that this hurt you but could you help me understand exactly how or where this hurt or why this hurt and what this lines up with in your story this step is really an invitation for a two-way conversation in the apology it's not a declaration that you're making that you're saying you felt this and that's it (laughs) (laughs) you felt this I was wrong Well, that person stares at you blankly. And says, oh, that's not even half of what I felt. (laughs) This feels so good. Um, So then the next next component would be an outline of plans to make amends for the damage that was done. Um, I think this is a really important gift. Uh Um, And it's a really important reach. And again, in this, this may not be one of those things that you know exactly what needs to happen so Mm -hmm. there's some feedback but you i think in the first step here you make your best guess Mm -hmm. at what's going to make this right and you let the person know that you're thinking about it and committed to following through and and this is what we see as we talked about at the beginning of the show whether it's on a national level right now whether it's it, it can also be maybe we saw this growing up right where there's this apology and this acknowledgement but there's not really Um, an outline for how things are going to be different, right? Which makes us question the apology in the first place. Right. Like, are you just saying this to get out of hot water? Are you just saying this to calm things down? Because I'm not really hearing the plan for going forward with more insight and awareness. Yeah, this really, I think, challenges that whole, well, it's in the past now, so let's move Mm -hmm. on. Um, And I think it really challenges us to recognize that the past is never the past. Right. And that the past really, has a creepy way of becoming the present. <laughs> right. And that there really needs to be an intention to construct something presently that's different. Right. Um, I was, I was talking this week with a newer client of mine um, who was unfaithful um, to their partner early on in the relationship. And it's been, 
it's been several months later. There haven't been any other infidelities. Um, there were and continues to be effective apology. And we were talking and they said, why am I still feeling bad about this? And I said, maybe feeling bad about this is not maladaptive. Mm-hmm. Like if you wake up every day feeling like you're the worst person in the world and that you don't deserve love, like that's a problem. Right. But if you wake up every day with some pain and some recognition that you have the capacity to hurt this person, um, that's going to put some things in check for you. Right. Um, that's going to help you to be careful. That's going to help you to slow down. And if you can do that with compassionate self-love, mm-hmm. that's a gift. Right. Um, and I think the the plans going forward, um, we don't have to wear those like a hair shirt and, and have that be our penance to pay. Right. Um, but again, I think it's more of this, here's my investment in this relationship yeah. because it matters to me. Well, and I, I think it starts to get into what, you know, they talk about in um, the 12 step fellowships, which is the living, living amends. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we have examples in our American history, right. Where, where maybe it's the reparations that we gave to native Americans. Right. But it was kind of this one time thing. Yeah. And then, and then we kind of thought, okay, we're done. Yeah. And what your client was saying is more what's going to be the living amends. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it, and is more that, that regular awareness that says, I don't want to repeat this again. Mm-hmm. And I've got to be aware that I have the capacity to. Yeah. And so, you know, that kind of is a humility check mm-hmm. and and requires you to really be aware of your words and your actions and all of that kind of stuff, which really is more the living amends versus mm-hmm. a one time, I'll pay you this much and give you this parcel of land. Yeah. Which is, I, I would much rather... Um, I would much rather be in relationship with someone who can do the living amends right. than the one-time thing. Yeah. It's less dangerous. Yeah. I was going to say, I think my tendency in the one-time apology is to take what they're willing to give and be done. Right. Um, and because there's not really a door open there for more. It, yeah. It feels like a buy-off. And and that may be, and I've had these relationships in my life where that was kind of the apology. And then we just didn't really have a relationship after that. Yeah. Because it wasn't safe, right? There wasn't kind of this, what's going to be built in the future. Yeah. So it was more like, I'm sorry about that. And then we just part ways. And if we see each other, it's somewhat awkward. Right. (laughs) We're like, Sign of effective apology right Right. there. (laughs) Okay. We can never make eye contact again. (laughs) The next one um, is an assurance that what's being apologized for won't happen again. So that, go, that goes into the plans, right? But then we have to assure, like, I never want this to happen again. Yeah. And I'm going to work really hard and be mindful so that this doesn't become a pattern. So this is, again, where I think effective apology takes a lot of work. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, I, I can be quick to say I'm sorry, but that's usually about unburdening my guilt. Right. And it's usually not really about the relationship or the other person. Yeah. Um, and that assurance that it won't happen again, oftentimes I think we need to do some work to make sure that it's not going to happen again. Right. I I would say a large percentage of people that I meet with um, come in with this, I did this awful thing. I feel terrible about it. I don't know that I won't do it again. Right. And I need, I, I need some assurance that I won't. And that's, I, I would say, almost regardless of the issue that we're working on, that's like the subtext uh-huh. of people are wanting this assurance that they won't go back to this dark place again. Yeah. And well, and, and then the eighth component, the last component is this ask for a forgiveness. 
Um, which again brings us back into a two-way thing. Yeah. Right. And and what we see a lot of times, whether again whether it's on TV or we see it in the work that we're doing, um, is that ask for forgiveness may be the second step. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Uh-huh. Right. And it's like that doesn't you work. Took all the That's meat way out of the sandwich. Soon. Right. Yeah. And and so we've got to go through the steps of really. Um, taking our own inventory, letting this person see and feel the inventory that we've taken. At that point, we can ask for a forgiveness. And then on that, then it becomes the, the person who is being apologized to, to step in and say, okay, yes, I can mm-hmm. at this point. Right. And, and now we kind of have struck a deal. Right now. okay, now we have two people in and it's not just me making an apology and then walking away and and forgetting that you have a piece in this. So another way of looking at this is this is this is a ritual for renegotiating a relationship after there's Mm -hmm. been a uh, rupture. Right. Um, And I was going to say with that asking for forgiveness piece, I think that's another um, that's another big dose of humility to swallow mm-hmm. when you need to apologize. Um, I think of a lot of apologies that I've been engaged in where that was kind of like the unspoken expectation. Mm-hmm. I just delivered this apology. Now the ball's in your of court. Of course you would forgive me now. Right, <laughs> right. And and I think there is something that's very healing and really cementing in that asking right. for forgiveness. Because without that, I think there's this assumption that's like, we're good now and I get to mm-hmm. be a part of your life again. Um, instead of asking like yeah can i can i come back in because i think there is something you know there is a piece of contrition in asking for forgiveness yeah um and we are at that point making ourselves vulnerable yeah in kind of taking a step down because we kind of stepped up and over somebody yeah and so now we've got to take that step down and and be contrite and hum, hum uh humble um in asking for forgiveness and i think I think a piece of assurance that you need when you're at this part in in um, apology is that no matter what the response is going to be, I'm not going to do something to this person that I'm going to need to apologize for. Right. So we have to be ready for a, I can't forgive you. Yeah. Or it's going to take me some time. Yeah. Um, because that, that eighth component is not a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. That if I do this all well, that I here I am taking my bow, right? Mm-hmm. And the other person, of course, goes, yes, <laughs> happy ever after, curtain we're all, closed. We're all good. It's like I was never hurt. Um, you know, like I said, this being a ritual, there may be components of this apology that we engage in again and again. Uh-huh. We might need to go back to, now what are the plans? Or this is what I need right. from you. And there might be some protracted negotiation on some of this. Well, and and you and I do this a lot with clients where we really slow this process down. Yeah. And so each component may take us a month to work on um, because we may not have those skills. Or or Mm -hmm. if we're starting to look at how my behavior hurt somebody else, all of a sudden I'm in a shame cycle. Yeah. And I can't come back from that, right? So. So we often can take months working through these different components mm-hmm. and really getting people familiar with them so that they can do it in real life time at a quicker pace. Yeah, I think any complicated skill set really needs to be slowed down mm-hmm. to learn. I also think writing this stuff out is really helpful. Yeah. Um, because when if, if we're not accustomed to this kind of repair ritual, getting into that is really emotionally yeah. heightened. And sometimes having the words in front of you that you can right. read that keep you on target... It can actually free up some of that bandwidth to 
take the other person in. Yeah. Feel their emotions. I have this saved in the notes section on my phone, right? So that I can, it's accessible for me. And if I'm in a situation where I've done something that warrants an apology, I'm able to kind of pull that out and have that help me garner my thoughts and get me in that place where I can, you know, be apologetic and and make sure I'm covering all the bases. Um, There's also times, you know, where sometimes I'm watching something unfold on TV and I'm like, wait, and I can pull out my phone and be like, that's missing, that's missing, (laughs) oh, we don't have that. Like, okay, we have two components of eight. Right, right. There has been some really interesting commentary in the last year on effective apology. Uh Uh-huh. I'm gonna gonna look through my notes. There was a book that I heard about and I I wrote it down somewhere. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, But it's about this anatomy of apology Uh um, and how... Um, I don't know if the author called it a lost art or like an undeveloped art. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly not a, uh, it's not a staple in our society, like claiming when you're right. Yeah. I remember with one of my, um, one of my kids when they were in like high school age and they had agreed to show up to something that they really didn't want to do in the first place. Um, but they had agreed to it and then they just didn't show up. Right. And so I said to her, like, well, I mean, you've got to take some accountability because f- first off, if, if you don't want to go in the first place, then you say no. And you get to say no. You have no problem telling me no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why all of a sudden we got scared of saying no, but no. <laughs> um, but it's this like, okay, so the first mistake was you agreed to something externally that internally you were not agreeing to. And you knew the moment you committed to it that you were not going to be there. And then you didn't let them know. Like, you didn't give them a heads up. You just didn't show up, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm like, so you need to make some amends and you need to make an apology. And so she wrote this letter that she was going to send them and she brought it to me and she said, read through this. And I was like, okay, we don't need to throw ourselves on the sword. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not, in the grand scheme of things, this is not that big of a deal. Like, Did they use the term lament? <laughs> well, no, because they were in high school. Uh-huh. But... So it, but it was this, like you would have thought, you know, they had killed their cat or something. Like, I mean, and I'm like, okay, first let's, now let's get it in perspective. Like I, I brought it to your attention because I'm your mom and I'm supposed to teach you these things, but let's not give it so much attention that you think just, you know, flaking on somebody is like the end of the world. You know, I think in some ways that is much more uncomfortable than an under apology is the the over over apology. Yeah. Um, because I think that like, like personally, that's so much more confusing for me Mm. because I can't tell if there's actually earnest intent and poor execution. Right. Or if it's like, this is the smokescreen to what's really going on. Well, and, and sometimes when we get that over apology, right, it's this now all of a sudden, like you're apologizing to me, but I end up taking care of you yeah. because you're shaming yourself or you're, you're yeah. going too far into this. And so I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And then I'm almost inclined to say it, di- it didn't matter. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And then we're like, why are we apologizing in the first place? Yeah. So again, it was like, no, you, you overshot the mark here. And that's not what is required either. Yeah. Like just say, I'm sorry. I wasn't able to be there. I should have let you know that I wasn't going to come. You know, like, just just get honest, kind of go. I didn't have that at that time. This was before 2014. So I didn't have those components. <laughs> the world did not have this truth yet. <laughs> um, 
or just Jackie didn't have this truth yet. <laughs> so, but again, we also have to to beware that we're not overshooting the mark too. Yeah, I would I would say think think really good homemade chocolate chip cookies. Like if you overcook it, it's like eating chalk with some chocolate in it. <laughs> and if you undercook it, like it's it makes just not, a mess. It's not good. Yeah. Um. So just right, just perfect. <laughs> Aim for that, you'll be fine. A little crunchy on the outside, but not mm. too crunchy. Now I want cookies. <laughs> I think we have time before my next appointment. We just don't have an oven here. Oh, that's right. I have to go to one of those warm cookie places. Right. Anyway, I think that's the end of our episode then. Yeah, and we can include these um, eight components kind of in a um, simplified format so you don't have to write it down in our show notes. I'll put it in the notes, yep. And then you can put that where it's handy. Yeah. At the end of this episode, remember that your story matters. Remember there is something meaningful in every chapter. Don't wait to share your story till it's finished. You can share your story with us on our Facebook page, Healing Paths, Inc., or on our website, www.thanksforsharingpodcast.com. This podcast is solely for the purpose of information and entertainment and does not constitute therapy, nor should it replace competent professional help. At the end of another episode, we want to remind you that nobody has time for perfection. We are pursuing progress. And remember the prayer of the perfectionist. Help me remember I can't do it all. Help me to take things one step at a time, and that the only step I need to focus on is the next right step for me. Help me to remember that life is a journey. Help me to be able to separate all that I am learning from all that I have to do. Help me to remember that I am not alone, that I can ask for help. Help me to strive for frequent awakenings, not mastery. I am enough. Amen.